Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Be sure to like the Facebook page. A huge day today, and uh, I'm going to explain why. There's three reasons for it. The first is that we have former Spartan Anthony Iani on with us again. Uh, he's going to help us break down the Purdue win, which is obviously number two. Um, number three, the Michigan game is tomorrow. And uh, look, the other reason uh, why is because we are making a format change to the podcast. Um, look, Jeremy's not been on for a while. I mean, obviously, you guys know that. And frankly, I just don't have it in me to talk about Michigan athletics because I don't care. I care tomorrow because I want him to lose. But other than that, I really don't care. So... We're going to be covering Michigan State. We're going to be keeping the same name, though, because why not? It's a great name. Um, But, yeah, we're going to break it all down, and we're going to be talking about Michigan State's game against Purdue, and then we'll uh, take a look at the rivalry game tomorrow. Anthony, man, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate, uh, you know, your uh, frequent flyer miles you're racking up here on the show. (laughs) Tyler, always a pleasure, my man. Good to be back on with you. Yeah, so uh, look, the first thing that we need to do is, look, I did it last year, right? I I am a man. I fully understand that I should be held to my word and everything else. That being said, I would like to issue a public apology to Gabe Brown because he showed up on Saturday from literally – right from the jump and uh he he played well and he attacked the basket which is something we haven't seen him do in about six weeks uh went back door i mean obviously he also hit those three pointers i don't know if you were on when i was talking about it uh those three pointers where there's a closeout you know it's a good shot for him a meh type shot for everybody else that uh he's been passing up and he'll pump fake and he'll stand there and he won't try to make a you know, one power dribble in and pull up or anything like that. But he he played like he actually had a little bit of confidence. And I don't know how you go from, you know, like five to six weeks of no confidence at all to sitting there and hitting your shots and giving us that stare down and everything else that he did on Saturday. How does something like that happen? Well, I think we we kind of talked about a little bit last week, Tyler, and that was, you know, this is your time to shine as a senior. Like, this is it for you. Like, these are your last four or five regular season games of your Michigan State career. You know, granted, I know Coach Izzo talked about it today, you know, which which of the three seniors between Bingham, Brown, and Hauser would possibly come back. But in Gabe Brown's case, if you're not coming back, this is it for you. And right now you've had, like, a month of maybe one of the biggest slumps in Michigan State basketball history recently but I think somebody may have gotten to him and said, you know what, this is it for you. Like if you don't show up in the next month or so playing wise and skill wise, you may not get the opportunity to even be on an NBA summer league team. You may not get the opportunity to even get picked up by an overseas team, a top overseas um, basketball team. So I'm more than positive that somebody probably got in his ear. I'm not like, I don't know anything, but <laughs> you know, I, I, it's just my guess that, you know what, in his head, it's like, yeah, I'm a senior. I got to step up because it's like I told you last week, Tyler, this team will only go as far as Gabe Brown will take them. 
And that's what he did on Saturday. Like, he made shots when he needed to make shots. He was very – like, I, the energy he had in that game, I haven't seen that from Gabe Brown in a long time. So, but now my question is, can you consistently do that for the rest of the season? Can you consistently do that tomorrow against Michigan? Can you do that against Ohio State? Can you do it against Maryland? So, you know, that, that's my only question for him. Can you continue to do that going into the Big Ten tournament and then the NCAA tournament? Yeah, and obviously that is a huge question because as much as it's been other guys, not necessarily Gabe Brown that have stepped up lately, just individually, I know Michigan State's lost one, like six or seven before uh, Saturday or something like that. Uh, it's been other guys who you, you have noticed. It's still possible to notice other guys playing well, and those guys continue to play well, and that's um, – and that, that's guys like Julius Marble, who I said should be getting the start. And, you know, he did. Uh, you got what you needed from Joey Hauser coming off the bench. He still hit his two or three threes. But Malik and, uh, was I, – Like I said, I thought Brown should be moved to the bench. I'm going to take that part back. But um, – Tyson Walker obviously stepped up and he played critical minutes down the stretch. Now, who knows if he would have been in if Hogarth didn't cramp up late in the game. But that that game on Saturday was literally a perfect performance. And, I mean, I'm not saying that to say Michigan State, well, that's as good as they're going to play all year. No, but that was the type of game that you expected to see. You saw a Michigan State team, and I don't know if I talked – again, I don't know who I would talk to because I had like three different hosts on or whatever over the last uh, three uh, podcasts that we've done. But, look, basketball is like this cyclical game. You know, it's defend, it's rebound, and run. Well, you can't rebound if you don't defend because the shots are going in. Um, you can't run if you don't rebound because the other team can get set on defense. And you can't set up defensively if you're not running getting easy buckets. And it all starts, though, defensively. And defensively, Michigan State came to play. Uh, A.J. Hogarth, big boy Jaden Ivey, who's a projected top three pick in this year's NBA draft, not just once, but two or three times. And you saw Julius Marble fight with Edie, even though Edie had monster numbers. He got uh, – he, he had to work for everything. Uh, Mady Sizoko played well on him. Bingham tied Michigan State's all-time block shot. Like, everybody played well, except for Malik Hall, who, I mean, he still did his job on defense. You know, I agree with you, Tyler. And obviously, like, the scoring was not – it wasn't there for Malik. I mean, because he got <clears> – <throat> there was late in the game three times where he got great looks, wide open looks, and they just didn't fall. And so he's going to hit those shots. I mean, we all know that. He had an off day. It's okay. But, like, yeah. def- def- defensively – when everybody else is picking it up like that. <laughs> right, exactly. Absolutely. But, like, defensively, I thought, in my opinion – that was Michigan State's best game as far as toughness goes in a long time. Um, I really thought it started with Julius Marble, how he bodied up, you know, he bodied up Edie and, like, had no problem. 
Um, obviously, you know, he got he got his points, obviously, because he's seven foot four. But the physicalness, I mean, I mean, I don't think Edie's ever played against anybody with that type of physicality, you know, throughout the Big Ten, maybe for the exception of Illinois. But yeah. I thought I thought overall this was Michigan State's best game as far as toughness goes. Like they got that identity back. But again, it's like I circle back to what I said about Gabe Brown. All right, great, cool. You showed your you showed your teeth. You gritted your teeth. You sh- you got your quote unquote identity going. But now, can you consistently keep that going? Now, can you go into Ann Arbor tomorrow and show how tough you are? Because, in my opinion, the reason why we beat Michigan the way we did the first time is because we were tougher than them flat out. And yeah. I told people before that Michigan don't like being tough. They don't like being tough. That's just. That's my opinion. I feel I feel that way about their football program. I really don't think, you know, when they play a tougher team, you know, they just kind of back away and shy away. Same thing with their basketball program. Like when they play the tougher opponent and the more physical team, they kind of just shy away a little bit. So if Michigan State can go in there tomorrow with the same mental and physical mindset of being tough tomorrow, then it'll be fine. So I really do think that Michigan State has the opportunity to c- consistently keep that identity going for the rest of the season. Yeah, and to do to hit up one on the road up before uh, you know you get Ohio State. It comes back on uh, Sunday against Maryland. Like it's a hectic schedule, and we would like to thank uh, Howard the Duck for that. But this is a uh, very. I mean, this is the game. I think in uh, more than one way. You you've played at Chrysler, mm-hmm. um, oh, well, obviously there's a lot of hatred and stuff like that, and we've we've talked to Anna Gagne before on the show, and he was talking about how they had a sign that just said Anna Gagne eats babies or something like that, <laughs> and they ha- like it's so there's obviously a little bit of hostility, but Chrysler's not really known as one of the louder stadiums and I mean their football stadium packs in 110,000 and that's not even really considered all that loud I've heard Spartan Stadium numerous times be louder than uh you know uh Michigan Stadium which maybe that was because Javon ran for 200 yards with a bad hammy but I mean even at the beginning of the game it didn't seem that much louder to me than Spartan Stadium which has about 75% of the capacity. So what what is it like playing there? And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because the students are on spring break. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with you. Like, so like, obviously my experience is a little bit more, is a little bit different than Hal's is obviously. Um, But, you know, the, the thing is about playing at Chrysler, Tyler, and you know this too, a good 40% of our fans will make up that attendance. So it's really, so it's technically not really a home game for Michigan because like you said, the students are on spring break. There won't be a lot of student, like I'd be shocked if there's a student section there and a good, and I I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow was a good 40, 50, even 60% of our fans, you know, taking over that arena tomorrow because, you know, one of my favorite memories as a, as a Michigan state fan is in 1999, you know, when Michigan State clinched the, the regular season Big Ten title in Ann Arbor and Jason Klein threw up that alley-oop to Morris Peterson with like 10 seconds to go to like seal the whole game, 
the whole place went nuts. It sounded like the Breslin Center, but it was on the road. And so, you know, so I'm not going to be shocked if our fans, you know, make up a high amount of that, that high percentage of attendance tomorrow night. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing, too. Like Chrysler Arena, I mean, I, I have nothing against Chrysler Arena, but I've always thought, like, it's really, really old school, you know. And so I always thought, like, the upper deck, you know, you could – I felt like you couldn't see the upper deck because the lighting up there wasn't as oh, good. Oh, the like, lighting was terrible. Like, like, it, recently, it's about four years ago. Yeah, just like dark and eerie because like I would look up there and I'm like, man, like, you know, you can't even see, you can't even see the, the, the fans up there because the lighting is just so dark and it makes it a little like really eerie just to look at up there. It looks like that maybe nobody is up there. Um but, to be fair, up until the last five years, there probably wasn't anybody up there anyway. I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, I give credit where credit's due. I mean, you know, Michigan fans definitely do whatever they can to make Chrysler Arena a hostile environment. But, you know, during my playing time there, I always thought because our a majority of our fans made up the attendance, I mean, I really didn't think it was a hostile environment when I was there. Um, you know, if I had to pick my top three hostile environment arenas that I played in, um, or if I go top five, Obviously, number one would have to be Mackey Arena. Number two would have to be, um, you know, Assembly Hall, Indiana, then Assembly Hall, Illinois, and then um, the Kohl Center, Wisconsin, and then Ohio State uh, Nationwide Arena at number five. And, you know, those fans – I mean, those places are intimidating to play at. And Michigan, I mean, again, it's like Northwestern. Because a a majority of the fan base isn't there – and a, and a good high percentage is the visiting team being there. I mean, it kind of takes it away from being a hostile environment, in my opinion. And so, but I, I do have a Al Anagani type of story, um, you know, not, not to the extreme of what he said, but um, so there was a student section newsletter talking about how, you know, my birthday was the previous week. It, it was the week before we played Michigan. Um, and it, and, it, and it mentioned in the student newsletter, the maze, the maze crew or whatever the heck they're called, um, you know, about how it was my birthday the previous week before. And I got to play some minutes against Iowa. And, and at the bottom, it said, if you're looking for Ianni, he looks like Shrek. I go, are you kidding oh. me right now? <laughs> so my, my mom kept a copy of that. I'm like, mom, rip that crap up. I mean, why, why did you keep that? She goes, oh, I thought it was funny. I'm like, it ain't that funny. Seriously. <laughs> I'm like, come on now. So, but when I saw that, I was like, man, like they will go any lengths to do anything to try to insult one of us on the TV. It was just, even it's just us walk-ons. Like, oh man, it was amazing. Yeah, like I said, they got the ability to be hostile, but I don't. I watched. I watched parts of the Michigan game on Saturday. I think the students left on Friday, so I didn't really pay too much attention to it i fell asleep by the way totally completely off topic and absolutely nothing to do with it i fell asleep during the michigan illinois game i had a dream that phil martelli slapped brad underwood in the handshake (laughs) i i thought that was the funniest thing i was like all right howard isley step up man um but i haven't seen howard isley since 1998 when the Bulls were beating the Jazz, but I, I thought we were going to see more of them when I woke up. But yeah, um, so the fans aren't going to be there, or correction, fans will, the Michigan fans will still be there, or whatever season ticket holders, stuff like that. The students won't be. 
Tom Izzo tied Bob Knight for the most career wins at a Big Ten school on Saturday. He's got an opportunity to do that against Michigan. Now, I mean, we all know what his uh, famous quote is about the Michigan game. Uh, you know, Judd said they used to all count as one. I used to tell him he's full of, you know, insert expletive here. <laughs> um, what would it mean for Izzo, even though it wouldn't be at the Breslin Center, to break that record at Chrysler Arena? I think it would mean a lot to him because, you know, the the years that – I mean, you go back to, like I, like I mentioned earlier, 1999, when you have the opportunity to clinch a Big Ten regular season title on your rival's home floor. I mean, you know, clinching the all-time Big Ten wins record at a Big Ten school, I mean, that without question is, you know, in my opinion, it, it'll be right up there, you know, with maybe one of the, some of the biggest wins he's had against Michigan. I don't know if it'll be bigger than his first win against Michigan he had against them in 1998. But it'll be right up there. It'll be pretty darn special. And I think that's why, like, you know, you'll see – you may see a Michigan State team tomorrow that may come out and play like their hair – like their hair's on fire because they'll want to win this one for Coach Is. They'll want to win this one so badly because it's not just a game to break the record, but it's your rivalry too. And to do it against your rival, to do it, you know, on their home court in front of their fans, I mean – you know, nobody will be able to take that away from Coach Izzo. Nobody will be able to take that away from this team. And so, you know, I think it'll mean a lot to him. I really do. I don't know if it'll mean as much as, you know, when he clinched, you know, a Big Ten title on their home floor 23 years ago or the first win that he had against Michigan. But I'm more than positive, Tyler. It will definitely be right up there, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible sight if that happens. Um and so, obviously, you know, that's that's what I'm hoping happens. Uh, let's break the game down a little bit. Um, look, I mean, you've been blown out while you were at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. How do, and then how how do you how do you bounce back ultimately if you're Michigan from what happened earlier in the year when Michigan State just kind of ran away with it? I mean, honestly, like, I mean, obviously all that was a mental breakdown on Michigan's part. And, you know, they were getting good looks from three, but they just weren't hitting them. And I think Michigan State's, uh, Michigan State's game plan tomorrow will be try to let Hunter Dickinson beat you. Like, try to let their post players beat you. Because, you know, between them, you know, yeah, they both can go for 40 points apiece or 40, or 40 points combined, but that's, still, that's obviously not going to be enough to, you know, beat you. And so, you know, Michigan State will dare will dare Michigan to beat them from three again, So, which I think is obviously the obvious game plan. But if Michigan's hitting shots, then obviously you'll have to adjust. So, But um, I think for Michigan, it's about you making your shots when you get those opportunities and then obviously trying to out-physical Michigan State. But I think with the way Michigan State played Saturday, I don't think Michigan State's going to get out-physicaled again. Because if you, if you think about this too, Tyler – Michigan State gave up double-digit offensive rebounds to Michigan. And I'm more than positive the coaching staff is looking at that staff from the previous matchup going, uh-uh, we're not giving up double-digit offensive points again because that's why Michigan was even in – that's why they were in the game in the first place was because of, you know, 11 offensive rebounds, which is 22 points right there. If you take half of those away, I mean, that's only 11 – like, it's only 10 or, or it's 12 or 14 or 11, whatever. 
and the sure. game the game isn't as close as what the final score indicates. So, obviously, for Michigan, you got to knock down shots when you get the open opportunities. For Michigan State, it's obviously out physical Michigan to keep them off the offensive glass and let let their bigs try to beat you. That's what Mich- that's what they did with Purdue on Saturday, and obviously. You know, Michigan State, Michigan State did their job on defense. You know, Purdue's bigs did not beat Michigan State. Michigan State said, we're going to dare you to beat us from three. And it didn't happen. And so I think that will be the same game plan for Michigan State on Saturday. Or uh, tomorrow, I should say. Yeah, and uh, obviously the the change of Julius Marble, look, I mean, if we're being completely honest, I've been a huge advocate for starting Julius Marble. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, um. You know, Marcus Bingham gives you a little bit more as far as the matchup goes with guys like Dickinson, Coburn, and Eady. Um, have have you been have you been overmatched like that? Oh yeah, for like, sure. Didn't, didn't Purdue have some freaking monster or whatever when you were there? Um, yeah, it was it was Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson. I mean, Juwan was like, he was like he he was like six foot eleven. But Jawan had like he had like a seven two wingspan. It was really tough to stop him at times. So, I mean, obviously, we definitely have been like, I mean, we were oh, definitely. That's, that's right. Yeah, Delvon Rowe, I know, ate his lunch a couple times. It, exactly. So, I mean, we, and then, um, and then Illinois had Myers Leonard, who was seven foot two. So there I, it is. That, that was who I was thinking of. Yeah. So, I mean, we've definitely had you know mismatches too, and, and, and Cody Zeller. I mean, Cody Zeller was seven foot. One and so the I mean the mismatches we had even though Adrian Payne held his own against those guys, but like we definitely had mismatches. But again, we had to out tough those guys. We had to be we had to be more physical than they were because some of those guys don't like that because they got the bigger frame, they got the bigger height. And so so anytime we were able to out physical those guys, I mean we ended up being pretty good in the long run. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, it's it's the same situation as previously mentioned. Um, you know, last time we looked at it, Michigan State's guards, even though they haven't hit shots lately, they're just better than Michigan's. Mm-hmm. Walker and Hogard are both better than what Michigan has at the point guard position in Jones. Or yeah. Graham, sorry. No, I agree with you. And and the other thing is, too, is Tyson Walker is really starting to come, come on to his own right now. Like He's starting to... He's starting to get that confidence now. He's starting to get his mojo going, the mojo that he had in Northeastern. So he's starting to get it. And then I think, obviously, A.J. Hogard. I mean, you know, A.J. makes, makes those mistakes that you, that you saw sometimes on Saturday and said to yourself, why would you make that pass or what are you doing? Like, obviously, you know, that's what we're going to get out of him. But, you know, his physicalness, his energy, and just, like, the passion he brings, you know, with, to our basketball program right now, is something that guys just kind of lean on to and definitely, you know, latch on to as well. So, um, obviously, you know, the change has definitely fired both those guys up, especially Tyson Walker. So, I mean, you got a good two-headed monster right now going at point guard for Michigan State that, in my opinion, has a chance to be maybe one of the best one-two tandems in the Big Ten Conference, you know, not just next year, but beyond that as well. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Caleb Houston coming on strong. Lately, Brown's been slumping lately. Obviously, Saturday's an exception to that. I, I just want to get your thoughts on that matchup. I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting because, you know, you know, Caleb has really, you know, come on quite a bit in the last few games. He's really catching fire from, you know, from three. But this is it for Gabe Brown, too. And obviously, senior versus freshman. 
And there's a big difference there. There's a big difference there because for Gabe, this is his, this is potentially his last chance at playing Michigan. And I'm pretty sure the last thing he wants is to lose to Michigan and have to go back home to Belleville during the holidays and have to hear that, oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, know, you, you lost to Michigan the last time you played them. So, you know, that's why for me, you know, my senior year when we beat Michigan at home, that game meant a lot to me, to Austin, to Draymond, and to Brandon Wood because, you know, I didn't want to go back home to my family and have them say, oh, remember when you lost to Michigan your senior year? It's like I didn't, I didn't want to be remembered for that. So I ended up – you know, I end up going out on a high note beating Michigan. So it'll be like that for Gabe. I think it'll be a really interesting matchup. Um, if we get the Gabe Brown that we see on Saturday, you know, we're going to be in for one heck of a game. And we're going to be in for one heck of a matchup between him and uh, and Caleb Houston. Yeah, and uh, Diabate has obviously come on strong as well. Michigan State's going to counter with Malik Hall. Um, completely different styles player, um, but – like, because Diabate is one of those kids who, I mean, I think right now he can go pro, but I don't know if he's actually better than Malik Hall. Um, when you look at the defensive side of things, obviously he makes the exciting plays, but I don't think he gives you that consistency. And when Malik Hall is shooting, he is almost unstoppable the way he's played because he can post you up, because he can step outside, pick and pop, and do uh, all sorts of those things. Obviously, Hunter Dickinson uh, should own whatever matchup he's in. But, look, he only shot, what, 40-something percent against mm-hmm. Michigan State. And yeah. all but one shot was within five feet of the hoop. So, um, I do want to see Michigan State close out. Uh, he's obviously not afraid to take threes anymore. If uh, he can get a couple of those going in the in the Chrysler Center, I mean, that that's the one issue where I – that I've seen with Marble is Marble doesn't feel comfortable going outside, but he's got to realize he's more athletic than Dickinson and even to whatever spot if he wants to try to take him in. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I agree with you with um, the Diabate Malik Hall matchup because not all. I mean, you you hit everything about Malik Hall, Tyler, except for one thing. You miss one thing. Malik could take people off the dribble. I mean, he's got a yeah. really good he's got a really good crossover dribble, really good between the legs dribble, good spin move. So. I mean, he may have the quickness advantage over Diabate. Obviously, Diabate has the height and the length right now. But, you know, again, as far as, like, physicalness go, I mean, I'm going to put my money on Malik Hall to outplay, out-tough, you know, Diabate all day. So, um, I'm really interested to see how that matchup goes. And, I, I, I personally, man, I think it's going to be a really good game. But in the end, I still see Michigan State coming out on top by double digits tomorrow. Man, you took away my next question. I was going to ask you if Bizzo got the record. Uh, give, give me the score then. Um, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go Michigan State 76, Michigan 64. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've got Michigan State scoring 73. I've got Michigan in that 68 range. Uh, I, I think they're going to be able to get to the line a little bit with Dickinson. Uh, it's a big game, so – I've got an idea who's going to be officiating and who likes to call tickets tax stuff in the post. Oh boy. <laughs> and uh, so that, that's the route I'm going. I'm Dickinson's going to be able to get to the line. Um, but I still think Michigan state does what they did in the last game. And I think they're going to do it more because they, they kind of strayed away from it in the second half, but in the first half they were just running Dickinson outside and just making them switch on everything. And I think if you get him matched up against A.J. Hogarth, that's a quick hesitation and then a blow by every single time. And so I think that uh, I think that's what Michigan State's going to exploit again coming out of this. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, uh, you know, be able to get to the line as well. We just need to 
make the free throws mm-hmm. because <laughs> that was an issue Saturday. That's not getting talked about today because you walked away with a win. You've got to knock them down. You you can't play around um, on the road in the Big Ten. And so I still think Michigan State wins, but I think it's going to be a little closer just because I got a feeling uh, Bobo's going to be on the whistle. So. No, uh, yeah, that's that's my biggest concern right there too. Uh, you know, if Bo's on the whistle tomorrow, oh boy, it'll make me want to wish that Hightower was back on the court, man. <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> but look, we'll be back uh, Wednesday. Obviously, we'll hit. You, I'll hit you up with a recap. Um, like I said, we're gonna play. Uh, on a co-host merry-go-round. So, not sure who's going to be with me then. Anthony, if you're free, man, you know I'll take you anytime on this show. Uh, you, you got my number, but, man. You know where to find me. <laughs> all right. But, uh, so, yeah, anyways, right after this, I'm going to text and see if he's free on Wednesday. Um, but <laughs> that uh, that does it for us here on Trouble with Snap Podcast. Anthony, man, thank you again for coming on. And uh, look, we'll be back after uh, we discuss this uh, massive rivalry game. Going down on a Tuesday, you know, just a couple days after both teams play, uh, you know, top 10 opponents and Michigan State gets ready to go to Ohio State in two days and everything else, all because you ducked one game earlier in the year. Thank you very much, John Howard. Um, sorry, I'm still I'm still salty about that. Is that OK? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Do I need anger management? No, you're good. You're you're just being a diehard. Uh, uh, die okay, hey, hey, look, I, I just didn't want to run into Juwan in anger management class or whatever. Have slap me up for what I said, but uh, <laughs> but that does it for us, Anthony. Man, thank you again for coming on. I'm Tyler Hayward. This is the Trouble with the Snap. <laughs>